every single day, every single one of us is making decisions that are grounded in our personal why and our company why. If you've ever taken a job that was a disaster, you let somebody else's why hijack your why. If you have ever compromised yourself and done something that was not aligned with your morals, you have lost your personal why. And if you have ever pitched your idea, a presentation at work or you're pitching to investors and crazy stuff comes out of your mouth, you don't know your company why. When you don't know your personal and your company why, it can be a dumpster fire. What does a dumpster fire look like for a founder? It looks like the founder of a rideshare company cursing at a driver for that rideshare company. It looks like the founder of a yoga pant company calling his customers fat instead of admitting his pants were defective. And it looks like the founder of a blood testing company leaving court with her lawyer because she made the whole thing up. Investors lost their money, employees lost their jobs, and fake blood test results were given to consumers. What does it look like when a company's lost its why? Looks like a luxury iconic brand putting a monument in Red Square next to Lenin's tomb. It looks like a betting company making fun of refugees who are trying to cross a border and often dying by jumping on these transport trucks. Storytelling matters all the time. We are all storytelling every single day. When you ask for new responsibilities at work, you are storytelling. When you are asking a banker or an investor or a VC to invest in you, you are storytelling. You are storytelling to your family, you're storytelling to your customers. You are storytelling to new employees, to a future employer. We are all storytelling to ourselves. In the words of Simon Sinek, you always start with why. Start with your personal why. Why do you get out of bed every day to go after your goals, getting through all of those roadblocks? Then, your company why. If you don't have these two foundations, you are vulnerable to doubt, bad decisions, and unhappiness. Lay your foundation in your personal and your professional why, then go tell your story. Hi, it's Anna D here. I'm founder and curator of InspireFest. Welcome to Real Humans. This year, we wanted to do something a little unexpected. So we set up a booth backstage at InspireFest. All we had in that booth was a microphone and a series of cards that could be turned over to reveal a question. After they gave their talk and left the main stage, our speakers went into the booth, chose questions at random, and they ended up sharing lots of interesting stories and ideas with us. We wanted to create something that would give you a better idea of the human side of our speakers rather than just the technology, science and innovations that they talk about on stage. So we really hope you enjoy the results. It was something very new for us and a place that is not afraid to try new things is the Digital Hub, our supporters for the podcast series. The Digital Hub is in the Liberties in the heart of Dublin City in Ireland. It's a collaborative space and it's home to lots of technology and digital media companies. But it's more than just an office. You can visit thedigitalhub.com to find out more. Now let's run this experiment.
right, so the cards are there with your questions on them, microphones running, and I'm going to leave you to it. Okay. Picking up a card. Tell me who you are and what you do. I'm Rafferty Jackson, and I help uh, mainly startups get off to a great start. I try to shorten the distance to where they're going. I have an ability to connect complex ideas and pull from culture, history, behavioral economics, social sciences um, to create themes and to help leaders get a pathway forward. So if a team is stuck or a leader is stuck, I have a really unique talent where I can help unstick them and I can help that team get going and charge hard to be the best they can be. What do you wish you'd known when you were starting out? That I was amazing as I was. I believed I had to change. I had to change myself into what I saw in front of me, uh, which meant I had to stop offering up creative, unique ideas. I had to stop dressing in my punk rock ways. I had to pretend I was like everybody else. Um, and become somebody else. So I wish I had known that I could be me, the best of me, and be successful. I did not figure that out until much later in life when being a phony just didn't work anymore. Feels like uh, poker is what it's feeling like in here. Okay, why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? Because I have a burning energy inside of me. I have a unique ability to uh, speak clearly and loudly to help people find their pathways forward, encourage to become great leaders, to create great jobs for other people, to be leaders who are responsible and accountable, uh, to be leaders who are empathetic. So I have an ability to speak to folks to help them become amazing leaders. Okay, now we're into the exciting lottery part of the game here. Do you consider yourself lucky and why? Oh, yes, I'm <laughs> super, super lucky. So let's start with basic luck. Uh, I was born in a country that has a healthcare system right? And I was born to a mother that had medical insurance. Um, I was also born to a mother that had a college degree, so she was well-educated in nutrition. Um, and I was born into a country that was safe. So, you know, when you think about just my birth, it was all, that's all luck. I, I got nothing there. I would just happen to be there. Um, and then when you go up through my life, I consider myself really lucky. First of all, I'm a woman in America, and yes, we have our challenges, but it's nothing compared to women in most of the world. And I will take my American women's challenges any day compared to the challenges that other women are facing. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, never find myself uneducated. I was always in school. I was able to go to public high school. I went to public college and I went to a public law school. Uh, and I just recently went to a public school for executive management and for uh, becoming a director of a board. So yes, I consider myself exceptionally lucky. Uh, I also consider myself smart enough to know not to waste that luck. <laughs> 
So I've taken that luck and I've worked hard on top of that luck uh, to keep myself going forward. What do you think? One more. Dun, 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 dun. What are you not good at? I'm not a particularly good cook. I'm not sure if that's what you're looking for, but yeah, I've tried. So my mom didn't cook. And when you're raised uh, by somebody who doesn't cook, it becomes really hard to cook. So I have tried to become a cook. That's not fair to say. I try to cook, uh, but I'm not particularly good at it. Like, I, I have no idea why, you know, certain things behave like they do. Like, I made some muffins the other day and they came out rock hard. Apparently, I stirred the batter too much, but you know, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'll do one more. Uh, I'm gonna pull from this path. Ta-da! Tell me about any turning points in your life. I had a job review my second year at a job in which my boss told me to shut up and sit at my desk. That was a turning point for me. I was devastated. I had been trying really hard to bring all of my talents to this particular job. Uh, and what I did not understand was that was not the culture of that company. That particular company liked everybody to be in a little box and to stay in their little box. I had come from Silicon Valley where it was expected that all business people pitch in and help and drive the company forward as fast as possible. So. After two years of hustling and trying to make connections and trying to help people, the feedback I got was sit at your desk and shut up. That was a turning point. Uh, it was late in my career, and I realized that that's when I needed to stop being a phony and start being authentically who I was. Okay, I'll do one more. Wait, one, two, three, okay. In a parallel universe, what is my career? Oh, well, that's easy. In a parallel universe, I'm either a behavioral economist, because I would, if I could close my eyes and go back in time, that's definitely what I would have studied. I love behavioral economy. I'm a geek. I'm a geek economist. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wannabe economist, especially a wannabe behavioral economist. Um, that is something that I would love to be able to do. I did a Berkman test as part of my executive uh, leadership training, and my trained profession came in last is what I should be doing. And my number one profession was I should, uh, to be in the sciences, to, um, something like um, in research. So I don't know if I'd be good at research, but I do know I would, would have loved to have been a behavioral economist. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. I know it's, a, it's an unconventional. No, I love it. Yeah, but it's, Tell me who you are and what you do. So my name is Zaina Boladil. I'm a journalist, a public speaker, and a content creator. Um, I work for RTE News Today. I present the daily children's news program as well as going out on reports every day. Um, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> Why do you do what you do? Well, I do it because I love talking to people. I love being out. I love finding about their. I love finding out about their stories. I find people super fascinating, and I find putting together stories really intriguing. And um, I suppose I'm just super extroverted. So 
I do what I do because it gives me access to people and it's it's sometimes super inspiring when people are telling you about what they've done, what they've achieved, and I just think it's absolutely brilliant. So that's why I do what I do. That's why I became a journalist. What do you wish you'd known when you were starting out? Hmm. Um, I think I wish I had known that um, you can get anywhere with um, confidence in yourself. I think when I was younger, and by younger I mean when I started out college as a journalist, I was really, um, I was really insecure about my abilities. I, I would um, question whether or not I was good enough, whether or not I would be able to graduate, even though like I didn't have, I didn't have problems or anything like that, but I think I had a lot of insecurities around whether or not I could be a journalist. But I think that comes from having high expectations of myself and seeing people that I wanted to be like and seeing their journey as unattainable. So I think I wish I had known that um, you can get anywhere with confidence in yourself. In a parallel universe, what is your career? I think there's still a part of me that still wants to be a model. <laughs> Give me one really great tip on anything. Oh, okay, so this is not like a universal tip, <laughs> but, um, well, it could be. Um, always do your eyebrows before you do your foundation, because honestly, you can correct anything if you do your eyebrows first. So always draw in your eyebrows, then concealer, then eyeshadow, then foundation, because, I mean, you can correct anything once you apply foundation over it. So that's my one gateway tip <laughs> for all makeup wearers, and I suppose anyone who's interested in starting makeup. <laughs> Can you share a situation from your life that provides insight into who you are? Hmm. Oh, that's a tough question, geez. Um, a situation from my life. Uh, okay, so when I was younger, I... No, that's a terrible situation. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to skip that question. What is the biggest misconception people have about the work you do? Well, for me, myself, I think people assume that um, it's easy. I have a lot of people think that my job is super easy and, you know, I just wander in in the morning, I say a few lines and I leave. No, it's actually not that at all. I mean, myself and my colleague, Killian Sherlock, um, we do a lot on the show. People don't know that we edit the reports, so we edit a lot. Um, we find the reports that we work on. Um, so basically, our day goes like... Um, one of us is out reporting, one of us is in looking for stories. Um, we all come back, we edit our stories, and then we present the stories that we've wor worked on. We present the stories we've worked on. And um, then the whole evening is spent looking for the next day's stories. Um, so I think a lot of people think that it's just, you know, wander in, say a few lines, and go home, job done, check paid. So that's the biggest mis misconception. Let's see. What do you do when you need to reboot or get inspired? Honestly, I go on YouTube and I look up videos about people's lives. Like I'll either watch TED Talks or I'll just look up inspiring stories about people and I'm like, oh my God, that person could do it. I could do it too. Um, yeah, or I put on like a really upbeat playlist 
and I dance. It just helps me feel really like energized and like, oh my God, I can do anything in my life. Um, so that's what I do when I need to re reboot or get inspired. I watch videos. <laughs> What's the novel, play, poem or song that that's made the most impact on you? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, okay, let's get into it. Doctor Who is my existence. Like, it's not like made like an inspiring impact on me, but it just brings me joy, happiness. It like boosts my creativity because I'm thinking, wouldn't it be cool if I could travel back in time and do this, X, Y, Z. Um, and I write poems myself. So a lot of the poems I've written um, a few years ago uh, makes, impact, makes an impact on me because I read them back and I'm like, oh my God, I was dealing with the situation and I had all these feelings and look at me now, I've you know recovered from that situation or I've moved past that situation or I forgot about it completely. Uh, let's see, last one. Tell me about any turning points in your life. Um, I think a major, a major turning point in my life was when I finally left home and I made the decision that, you know, I'm going to live on my own, I'm going to pay my own bills, X, Y, Z. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm only 22, so that was only like two years ago, so it's not like this big magnificent moment. Um, but no, um, I left home at 17, but I made the, made the decision that I wanted to, you know, find my own place, use my own money, and support myself financially, um, and be independent when I was 18. And I think that stood to me because I learned a lot. I learned the value of money. I learned the value of life. I learned the value of time. And um, when I started my job with RTE, I realized like life ain't that easy out here. Um, so I think that was the biggest turning point in my life when I decided that I wanted to be stable and independent and afford the things that make me happy. But I think, I think leaving home early and being financially independent definitely was the biggest turning point in my life. Okay, I think I'm done. <laughs> That was recorded at our fifth birthday of Inspire Fist in Dublin. We'll be back next year with a new and improved event on May 21st and 22nd. Tickets are still available and we wanted to offer a little discount code to our listeners. So simply go to inspirefest.com, click on buy tickets and enter the promo code HUMANS2020. That's a promo code of HUMANS2020. Thanks to all our speakers who took part in Real Humans and to our ACE team of producers at Bureau. For more about Bureau, you can go to akabureau.com. Thanks for listening.